and welcome to Care for Free. I'm Emily. What's up, y'all? I'm David. <laughs> <laughs> and this is Care for Free. I'm not helping because you did that to me last week, and then decided to just make a whole bunch, of, make a whole thing out of it. But it's fine. Yeah, that's sort of <laughs> the concept of this podcast. Whatever, it's fine. That's why we're entertaining. Care. What's going on? Uh, not much. David, I'm really excited about our guest producer this week. Do we have a guest producer this week? We have a good, good voice boy. Is that why that guy's just, like, sitting in the room? I was wondering who that was and why that was happening. Yeah. This... Lies! I know who it is. Douglas! Hello! <laughs> One more time. Hello! <laughs> he said it exactly like you did last week. That's what I was going for. It's a callback. Yeah. Doug honestly, is so good. Honestly, none of y'all have the wingspan, so I'm not, I don't have to do this with you. Actually, put together, we definitely have the wingspan. You might have the wingspan put together. I don't know. Probably yeah. yet. Yeah, together, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Doug is a law student, well, was a law student, and now we are pending JDs for a week. Yay. Yay. We like him a lot, and we mm-hmm. are excited to have him interject as he sees fit through this... I don't know if I agree with ...delightful that. hour of radio. <laughs> as he sees fit? Yeah. Radio? Dangerous. Well, it's kind of radio. That's a good point. No, I, I, I changed radio. my mind. This guy's bringing up good points. <laughs> I'm back in. Sorry, David, have you met Doug? This I'm is... back in. I like this. Great. David, how's your week been? Uh, it's been, you know, not too bad. It was it, it was it was one of those weeks where, you know, it was the last week of finals. Um, you know, it's the last week of finals and uh had one big final that was only pass fail, but at the same time there was approximately, I don't know, seven years of information baked in, so I was like, I don't yeah. know how, how much we're gonna be reproduced on the test. Wait, and can I, I, I Yeah. Uh last we left David, he was trying desperately to care about Fed courts. That's true. We Did were. Do you care if, about Fed courts enough to pass the final? I cared enough to write constantly for four hours and mm-hmm. to walk out knowing that I had still only written about half as many things as I could have written. So I, I would like to think that I was able to care enough to pass. Don't go to law school, listeners. That's not the official position of this podcast. It it's certainly just is mine. not. It's my official position. Maybe go maybe go to law school under certain circumstances. Doug, what's your official position on that? Oh, I think it's fine <laughs> all right yeah we've mm. got yeah. no is me yes is david and middle mm. is doug i think doug and i are in the same place okay we're like no it's fine like it's not like people shouldn't go it's just people should definitely should go for the right reasons and definitely should not go if they do not have one of those good reasons for going it's like the bachelor you got to be here for all the right reasons and we get a flower at the end and there's a oh flower at the end yeah <gasps> what if the dean doesn't hand me a flower <laughs> <laughs> How 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 terrible would it be if that's how you found out that you weren't graduating? Yeah. Like it wasn't like you got an email or something. It's like, no, we'll just let them show up and then um right before we hand them their flower, check the rest. Oh, no flower for you. Please continue to walk across the stage. <laughs> oh yeah, and you just have yeah. to recover in real yeah. time. No, 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 and no keep please, walking. yeah, please just don't break stride. Don't break stride. Please keep going. Oh my god, <laughs> this is awkward for all of us. Break down and cry in the middle of the stage. No, no, no. They would push you off. They would play the music. I right. wish they would. <laughs> right? Did you hear about that happen this week? I can't, remember, I can't remember what university it was. My gut says it may have happened somewhere in Florida, but there was some university where there are these series of um, these young students who, black students, who were um, basically strolling across the stage, a la like, like strolls like a thing you do in Casual. fraternity. And yeah. no, like like oh. the like the like strolling that like black Greek Greek organizations do okay. like, through through like parties and online and stuff like oh, that. Okay. Um, and this video surfaced of this uh, this administrator like basically like <laughs> grabbing them and being like off the stage, it's University off the of stage, 
Oh, it is UF. Okay, so it wasn't Florida. Uh, and so it was just like, it was, the video is actually kind of hilarious, but then the, the, the university came out like apologizing all the good stuff. So that's yeah. what's making me think of. That's a bad look. Not a great look, but it happens. Yeah. Uh... Emily, what is your favorite Jim Carrey movie? Oh, that's that's a little too clever by half, if I'm being honest. Is it? I Are you doing like as a play on care? I don't know that movie. I don't watch movies. A little too clever by half is not a movie title. I was saying. I that feel the like phrase... it almost certainly is a movie title. That seems the phrase you were saying is a little too clever to be like care carry. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah, that was, that I is meant. also what I was doing. Yeah, uh, earlier in the week. Nick McCoy and I were talking about a movie, and I was like, well, this part's not great, but all the rest is great. And Nick was like, what are the rests? Like, he thought that I meant in the movie there are a lot of rests, and that was a movie term. And he was like, Emily, is using technical terms on me? And I was like, oh, no, the remainder. The remainder of the movie. (laughs) That's funny. I have a very strong opinion on which Jim Carrey movie is my favorite, which is that there are two, Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, because I think Jim Carrey is better in dramatic roles than he is in comedic roles. You See, you made fun of me for saying, like, I don't know that movie, but I don't know either of those movies. Really? You never even heard of them? Why? why oh, you would. How does this happen every week? Like, why are you always surprised that <gasps> I haven't you seen the movie? You do this about sports. You would hate The Truman Show. Yeah. Because oh. The Truman Show is a movie where he is, like, adopted by a corporation as a baby, and then his whole life is a reality show that is broadcast all the time, and everyone in his life is an actor, and there's, like, cameras in everything all the time. And he doesn't know he's part of a reality show. He just thinks this is his life. And they're constantly writing. David's making a horrified face right now. They're constantly, like, writing new things. And they write him this wife and this whole romance. And it's an actress. And she's, like, living with him as his wife. But she's an actress and being paid. And, yeah, you don't like that at all. But it's really, really I hate, interesting. I hate this a lot. It I is hate su- this a lot. It, it came out, that. like... In the eight, like eighty nine or something, before reality TV was such a big deal, and it is very prescient. That's I was about to say. That's both very like modern and meta. Way yeah. more modern and meta than I would expect anything that old. <laughs> yeah, to be. that one is modern and meta. Uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is is a raw doll. Much book. more meta. No. Okay. Um, have you seen pictures of Kate Winslet with her hair dyed like different colors? She has kind of like the roots and she's like orange hair, pink hair, green hair. I don't think so. Okay, that's that movie. Okay. Uh, Mark Ruffalo's in it. You know him. I know Mark Ruffalo. I sure do. Yeah, Elijah Wood mm-hmm. in like I know the Elijah only Wood. thing I saw him in that wasn't Frodo. Do you say Elijah funny or is his name pronounced differently? Well, how do you say it? Elijah. Elijah. Yeah. Doug. Doug. Way in. How do you say uh, the How do you say that prophet? Elijah. That sounds like mine. Says Elijah. Yeah. I was just curious. Listeners weigh in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let us know. How do you say E-L-I-J-A-H? Yeah, that's right. Yep. Mm -hmm. What's your favorite Jim Carrey movie? (laughs) (laughs) What if... Here's... What if Uh, you name some Jim Carrey movies and I'll let you know if I've... Because I'm sure I've seen him in things. I'm certain of it, but I can't, like, name a movie. No, I, okay. I'm sure I've seen a Jim Carrey movie. I will be but shocked if like... you have not seen The Grinch. Yes, that's right. Okay. He is in The Grinch. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, which is fun, but also creeped me out. But, like, it's fun. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. Got anything else? What else, what else we got? I'll, I'll just I'll just look real quick. What would you see? Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Yeah, he's the Riddler. Mm-hmm. I always get that run of Batmans confused. It's because they're bad. Batman and Robin is the Mr. Freeze one. 
That's right. Arnold Schwarzenegger was paid like four times what the next highest cast member was paid for that movie. In that Batman movie? Yeah, the one where he's Mr. Freeze, which is one of like three villains in the movie. I believe George Clooney's in that one also. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, that's Batman. the it's the bat suit with nipples. Right. He also has the bat MasterCard or whatever. Come on, man. We're trying to keep this family friendly. He also has bat butt cheeks. Bat cheeks. Bat cheeks, if bat you will. Bat cheeks? Wait, uh, bat butt cheeks? What? Uh, the bat suit has very a very defined rear in that movie. It is... <laughs> what? Oh, no. No, I'm responding to you, not the oh, movies. Are you looking at Jim Carrey movies? I've seen none of these. <laughs> you haven't seen Liar Liar? No. He's a lawyer in that movie. You I've should see it. I've seen none of these. I think I was supposed to see Bruce Almighty and didn't. Oh, that one's fun. That's the one where Morgan Freeman plays God. That's yeah. how that whole thing started. Right, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen any of these. Oh, my God. Bruce Almighty's funny. Yeah. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective is a familiar word. This is a familiar string of words, but I have not seen that movie. Dumb and Dumber. I didn't, I have not seen Dumb and Dumber. Um, and I knew I wasn't going to see, like, I, I feel like I saw ads for Dumb and Dumber and I was like, stay away. But. Is Man in the Moon the Andy Kaufman one? Yes, right. I watched a documentary about the making of that movie, but have yet to watch that movie. It's pretty good. Yeah. If you like okay. Andy Kaufman. Uh, I don't know that I do, but I am fascinated by him. That's probably better. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those figures where you're like, that is a, that's a real big person. I'm really glad we brought Doug in to have these conversations. Yeah, I'm glad Doug can. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe you asked me a question that you didn't have an answer to. Have you literally seen one Jim Carrey movie? You, well, I knew that I didn't have an answer to it, but it was a question that I knew you would have an answer to, which is why I was curious. <laughs> What's your favorite Mariah Carey song? Honestly? It's the All I Want for Christmas one. Like, yeah. You can't get past that one. It's it just doesn't, a lot of fun. can't beat it. No, it's like peak Mariah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's great. Mm-hmm. Did you see the interview where Andy Cohen asked her to say three nice things about Eminem? Mm-mm. She goes, um, they come in these little packages oh. that you can carry wherever you want. Oh, no, she didn't. Oh, Mariah. <laughs> you can get them in peanut or regular, and everybody likes chocolate. There's also, like, those aren't the two kinds. <laughs> There's like nine kinds. <laughs> I, oh, Mariah. Mariah Carey has not been in a grocery store in at least 30 years. No, you're right. Guaranteed. No, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You think she just, I don't know, she must just send someone out to get her M&M's? Yeah. Just, or do you think they just appear in her house and she's like, oh, the M&M's are back. It like doesn't have any concept of how they get there. I don't feel like she eats the empty calories, carbs, sugars that are M&M's. Everybody loves chocolate. Yeah. I feel like she probably eats... $4,000 chocolate with, like, gold leaf outsides. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. She has a pyramid of Ferrero Rocher in her foyer. Mm-hmm. She probably. will sometimes take the top one off of. Mm-hmm. I, thought, I really thought you were about to, like, start your debut, uh, like, mixtape rap track there. Nice job. Slow down. Uh, no, I would not drop that for free on a podcast. <laughs> Too much fire. Too much fire. <laughs> Too much fire. <laughs> yeah, no. For free? Nah, people gonna pay for that. Shoot. Uh, one of my favorite tweets on the internet this week was at Marvel released the Ulysses Claw mixtape from SoundCloud. Ulysses Claw. You remember how Andy Serkis's character offers... That's right, he does! Yeah. Martin Freeman that he offers his mixtape to, his SoundCloud. He's like, please please don't send me that. I think that's right. Yeah. Yeah, I remember this now. That dude was crazy in that movie. That dude's crazy. It was fun. Yeah, Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, I have Jacob Moore ask for a shout out, so I'm not gonna give it to him. Um, yeah. But I will apologize to him <laughs> on mic for skipping out on going to Crown and Anchor with him because I was like, nah, got a pod. So. Today? Yeah. It's like 1030. What's your, what is your point, Douglas? I think Crown opens at 1130. Oh, 
We should <laughs> definitely go to Crown with Jacob at some point after this, though. Yeah, we'll yeah. hit him up. We've got a friend from college in town, so. Oh, I think yeah. That, I think that's why he's there. Michael Noob and Newman. Let's shout out Michael the Newman. one and only. Yeah, shout out to Michael Newman. Oh, yeah. got it. Chi-town. David. What's up, dog? That's Doug. I was, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was Too Clever by Half. That's that my favorite really Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> <laughs> Too Clever by Half is going to be my solo podcast. Mm-hmm. Also, your debut yeah. mixtape. I'm definitely the Beyonce of this podcast. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to hold on long enough to get a few good runs in. and then When we Ugh. do podcast Coachella, you can come back. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe. Dave Coachella. Yeah, maybe if I've, if I've kept up the relationship. Because, you know, that's going to be on me. That's not on her. That's, that's fair. Come on, bro. Ah. Do you need to do this in ah. again? No. What do we look like? I don't know. Two weirdos in a closet? Hey. Don't reveal <laughs> hey. the secrets of production. Hey. Come on, bro. Be a team player. Be a bro. Be a pal. Team Doug. Be a hombre. Be a compadre. Be a compatriot. Be a comrade. I'm cutting all of this out. More. You probably should. Keep them coming. I'm, well, at this point, I'm just wondering like how many different phrases for it I can get. Uh, be, a, be an associate. You are a thesaurus. Oh, I wish. They you ever wish you were at the source? Antitrust. I'll do you one better. <laughs> Why is Gamora? So funny. Oh, so funny. Gosh, that was hilarious. Uh, I'll do you one better. He's got the best. Spoilers. He's... I'll be quiet. God. Well, I'm going to cut this Just, I mean, whole thing out. But that whole thing where he's like, I'm invisible. <laughs> That I'm invisible right now. <laughs> I have mastered the art. Hi, Drax. <laughs> Mantis is such a good foil for Drax. So too. perfect. I like when she's like, I am ugly. <laughs> Gamora's like, You're not. Just come with me. Let's walk. <laughs> um. Oh, man. Drax is like dry heaving. What is wrong? I'm imagining. <laughs> wrestlers make the best actors yeah i mean hot take there's a reason for that pro wrestling's fake and it's all acting what it's not crazy for that to be the case oop that's my dad no let's take a call let's take our first caller i don't know i don't know the whole conversation would be like hey dad hey what you doing in a podcast podcast what is that and then we would have to go from there Lauren Gilbert was saying we need to have a, like a parent seminar so we could just teach all the parents podcasts at once so Ooh, they don't ask us anymore. That's not a bad idea. That's not. Let me tell dad that I will call him when I'm done with my podcast. Great. My podcast. Okay. No, you tell your dad when you're done with your podcast on which Emily is guest starring. <laughs> I'm the guest star. I'm sorry. You just featured. <laughs> anyway. It's okay. In, in I took entertainment law. I know it's better to have an and or with credit at the end. In T way. In T way. Are you done? It's just there's a way that you're telling your dad There's a way that you have to talk podcast? to parents. When I told my mom about the podcast, I was like, hey, Emily and I made a podcast. And in fact, I actually say Emily's name first just because that's just how it rolls off my tongue for some reason. Uh-huh. Um, I try to make up for it. No, it's true. And I was like, but they were telling my dad as much as you just be like, I got a podcast thing. I'm doing a podcast. I'll talk to you afterwards. Because otherwise, it's like, just have to explain extra things and have to answer questions. I just impressed my uh, parents by asking the Amazon device to play our podcast, which it did. All right. David has put down his computer, which I think means it's my turn to go first. Yeah. 
Exactly. For a second there, David picked up his computer and then put it back down again. I don't well, want the listeners to miss out on what happened. Well, it's really funny because your intuition was exactly right. I put it down because I was like, she's going first, so there's no reason for me to still be holding this. And then you said, David has put down the computer. And I immediately was like, oh, no, I'm sorry. I guess I should pick it up. I apologize. And I was like, wait, no. There's a reason why I did that. It made sense to do that. Let's put it back down. Let's see what you got, Doug. That's Doug. We've d- Look, you can't do that every time. <laughs> Can't I? <laughs> you can, I actually. I, I will. All right. This week, my statement. Your statement. The mental health process, the called the Martha Mitchell effect, is named after an ex-attorney general's wife. Do you care about that? No. I'm sure I will care about the mental health thing because yes. mental health is important. Yes. I don't think I care who it's named after. Okay. And we can see if you can get me to. Great. Ready? I'm ready. Are I you? yes. Okay. I stole this idea from the podcast Slow Burn, which is a really good like short series on Watergate. Mm-hmm. So, are you already more interested? No, I actually doesn't move the needle. Um, I mean, you I'm don't care about Watergate. I care a lot about Watergate. Wow. I, don't, I don't care like what things are named yet. <laughs> so, Martha Mitchell <laughs> was the wife of John Mitchell, and as I mentioned, he was a former U.S. Attorney General. He, and he was the head of the community to reelect the president, mm-hmm. which was Nixon's whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I love that committee to reelect the president is creep. Like, that's what everybody calls it. And that was the acronym. Yeah, they didn't um, think that one all the way through. Yeah. And people, a lot of people called John Mitchell the deputy president because he was so involved with all of Nixon's decisions and things like that. Are you... This name is familiar. Okay. Like, I, it, it took me a second to, like, yeah. click. The name is familiar. I just did yeah. a deep dive on Watergate last year for mm-hmm. the first time ever. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I had seen all the president's men, but I didn't know anything else about that. Why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. You laughed. I didn't laugh. I, I have a smile on my face. You haven't seen all the president's men, have you? No. <laughs> well, no. Why will you bother? Why do you bother? That's an Honestly. American institution of a movie. I'm certain that it is. Woodward and Bernstein. Yes, those two. <laughs> I don't know. What to... It's not surprising. It should never be surprising. It's fine. That one you would like. I've I spent a lot of Wait, time. Wait, did you see the post? Things. No, I didn't get around to okay, it. Okay, don't see the post without seeing all the presidents men. Okay, really? We'll do a double okay, feature. Really? Okay, all yeah. right. I guess that's good then, because I was definitely going to just go see the post. Well, it's out of theaters now. Well, you I'm have saying what? Select it onto DVD. What I'm saying is, I'm glad that I didn't follow through on going and seeing it while it was in theaters, because I absolutely would have just done that, not knowing that I should have seen All the Presence Men first. Martha Mitchell mm-hmm. was the wife of John Mitchell, and okay. she was one of those famous politician wives. She's like a like a real housewives type. She's in Arkansas. She was in Arkansas Southern Belle. I'm going to look up a picture of her. She had this great beehive hairdo half the time. Mm-hmm. Ever thought about getting a beehive, Doug? No. <sighs> you can really pull it off. Free your mind, bro. So here's a picture of Martha Mitchell, sans beehive. Oh. But uh, <clears throat> She looks like she'd wear a beehive, though. Yeah. Oh, the glasses. The glasses. You will notice that in all these pictures, her mouth is always open. Uh-huh. There's a reason for that. Okay. They called her Martha the Mouth or the Mouth of the South. Uh-huh. Was like she was one of those people who would show up on Laugh In, which was like the SNL of that day and they were doing a whole lot of political comedy as herself and Lily Tomlin as the like operator telephone operator would give her an award for keeping uh 
the telephone company, Southwest. Southwestern South, Bell. Southwestern Bell. The telephone operator would give Martha Mitchell an uh, an award for keeping Southwestern Bell in business on her own. She mm. was a huge gossip. She loved calling her reporter friends. Like she would eavesdrop on her husband's conversations with people on the Nixon campaign. She would get trashed on whiskey, and she would call her reporter friends and just talk on and on and on about everything she had heard. And so, like when she would come downstairs to spy on her husband and his nefarious political partners Mm -hmm. he would send her upstairs like a child to bed and she like a child would come and like wait by the staircase and continue to eavesdrop i respect this hustle yeah uh nixon once said in a meeting we have to turn off martha (laughs) which yeah yeah but mm -hmm. yeah so she's a huge snoop she is married to a guy who is doing all sorts of shady things for nixon Mm -hmm. Not a great combination. Mm. So in 1972, June 17th, 1972, is the weekend of the Watergate break-in at the hotel. The Mitchells go to California for this big, like, John Mitchell's taking all these meetings with all these nefarious people. And Martha Mitchell is just excited to go to this pool party, like a Republican fundraiser pool party. Of course. With John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. Okay. And Zsa Zsa Gabor. Last one? You don't know the... You don't know Zsa Gabor. Nope. Okay. Just yeah. want to make sure. All right. I can't even begin to think of a foothold for you to understand <laughs> how, to, how to get who me there. Zsa Gabor is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so on Saturday morning, her husband gets word of the Watergate break-in, and he immediately flies back to D.C. But he leaves Martha in California because obviously, if this, if these guys have been caught doing a very illegal act that you have told them to do. You don't want your snoopy, nosy wife around you while you try to pick up the pieces. And it's perfect. He leaves her in California. But Martha knew one of the burglars. His name was James W. McCord, and he was an ex-CIA guy who was also, like, a campaign operative for Nixon. And he had been sort of the Mitchell's personal bodyguard type person, and he used to drive their daughter to school every day. So they knew him really, really well. So John Mitchell wants to keep Martha from seeing any of the newspapers because he knows that if she sees this guy's name or face or something, she will blab that they know him very well and that he is close to them. John Mitchell wants to make it seem like this guy is as far away from the Nixon campaign as possible. So John Mitchell puts an ex-FBI agent named Steve King on full-time Martha watch. Mm -hmm. So he is supposed to keep her in her hotel room in California, (laughs) keep her from talking to anybody, and keep her from using the telephone. Uh Uh-huh. So... It's house arrest. Yeah. But in a hotel. Yeah. Which is illegal. Yeah. But like these guys. Right. Don't worry. The law will be punished by the end of the story. No, they won't. Martha is one of those women who will not be told not to talk to her friends in the press. So even though Steve King is on full-time Martha Watch, she gets a copy of the L.A. Times. Mm -hmm. And on the front page is uh, McCord, the guy she knows. And it's like, Nixon says, we don't really know McCord that well. Who is this guy? And she's like, we we do know him very well. He drove our daughter to school every morning. Uh-huh. We know a lot about this guy. And so Martha tries to call her husband, and she keeps calling and she keeps calling, and she can eventually only get an aide on the phone. And she says to the aide that her next call will be to Helen Thomas, who is one of the, who's a reporter. Mm-hmm. And Helen Thomas is great in her own right. She covered 10 presidents from Kennedy 
to the second year of Obama. She was always in the front row wow. at the White House press uh-huh. things. And for years and years and years, from like Bush through Obama, the first question would always be to Helen. And that would mm-hmm. be how White House press briefings would open. It would be first question to Helen. Mm-hmm. And she wrote a great book about all her like all these snarky exchanges she had with presidents she was she literally kicked down bill clinton's door one time when the office wasn't open when they said it would be um yeah helen thomas was great she's a great reporter i mean there's some problematic stuff but it's somebody from before 2012 so of course there was problematic stuff anyway so martha says if i don't get my husband on the phone my next call will be to helen and the aide gets Steve King on the phone and is mm-hmm. like, don't let her near the phone. Keep her away. Steve King says, great, no problem. So These guys are all so transparently yeah. breaking the law. Yeah. <laughs> you so, know? yeah. You can't even pretend like, like oh, no, well, you know, we thought we were doing the right thing. It's like, no, they're like, just keep her away from contacting reporters or cops or other people who might yeah. be able to stop us from just breaking anyone. the law. Yeah. yeah. So Martha pretends to be asleep mm-hmm. and... Well, and like sneaks out to the phone, calls Helen Thomas while Steve King is like, I don't I just picture him like asleep or like watching TV. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, the like the security guards in a movie where they've spliced in the footage and like the, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, so it's either that or they're like watching David Letterman and like slapping their knee and how funny it is the whole time. Exactly. Er, So uh, Martha gets to the phone and calls Helen. And this is one of the things I love about Martha Mitchell is that she calls Helen. She doesn't bring up Watergate right away. She's like, how are you? I'm good. And they just start chatting. And of course, Helen Thomas brings up Watergate because it is right. all over the news. Right. And She's like, I'm assuming you call me for a reason. Martha then immediately starts talking about like my husband, John, I gave him an ultimatum. He's going to have to get away from this dirty business of politics. He's going to have to stop doing all these dirty dealings. And Helen Thomas says, what dirty dealings? And then Martha says, no, get out. You get away from me. And the line goes dead. Well. Yep. (laughs) And so Helen Thomas is like, uh, what? Mm. And tries calling back a bunch of times. And eventually the switchboard operator says, uh, says Martha Mitchell is indisposed at the moment. Cool. Uh, And then Helen Thomas calls John Mitchell and he's like, my silly wife. She's like, okay. Mm -hmm. Meantime, Steve King is has ripped the phone out of the wall or is dragging Martha back to her bed and they get in a fight and she tries to escape through the window. She busts her hand through the glass and slices her hand open on the glass and Steve King is freaking out. And so he calls a doctor. Martha Mitchell uh, is like, I'm being held against my will. By this point, there are also like, there are like five other guys in the room. And Martha Mitchell's like, I'm being held against my will. I know things about Watergate. They won't let me tell anybody. I'm being, help me, help me, get me out. My hand is bleeding. Like, take me to a hospital. Let me get out. And Steve King's like, aren't women crazy? And the doctor's like, yeah, let me tranquilize her. So they tranquilize her. And they, like, fix up her hand. And she stays in her California hotel for another couple of days. Like, they keep her there. eventually they get her back to dc but by this point the nixon guys including her husband have started this campaign of like she's a drunkard she's insane she doesn't know what she's talking about there's no you know don't listen to her Mm. and so she keeps talking to reporters but 
her stories are relegated to the like women's news because to to people the real story is not Watergate the mm. real story then it's not like this woman knows what she's talking about about all this political intrigue it's man can you believe these two people are going to break up i guess she's crazy john mitchell's losing a you know yeah. i'm glad he's losing her she's yeah. dead weight uh and so when eventually like obviously watergate starts spiraling out of control it becomes clear that john mitchell is going to at least get arrested probably go to prison for mm. years which he did um and when that becomes clear they actually do divorce and later in an interview with it was the famous frost nixon interview i'm assuming you haven't seen the movie frost nixon no yeah i don't I think don't i have know. either so it's okay okay <laughs> in the famous <sighs> frost nixon interview nixon said Without Martha, there would have been no Watergate, which is funny because he's not talking about the Watergate break-in. He's talking about getting caught yeah. for the Watergate break-in, which and he's like, I'm confident that if Martha hadn't talked, uh -huh. there would be no Watergate. And now that's kind of awesome. Yeah, uh, which is yeah, I guess it's he's what? trying to be like throw shade, and it's actually like yeah. what a kind of american hero yeah exactly uh, and th like three or four years after her and john mitchell divorced she died of cancer it was really sad oh. but now when a medical professional diagnoses somebody as schizophrenic or delusional or something because their accurate perception of events is so crazy that the doctor doesn't believe that that's how the events are occur that that those events actually occurred uh -huh. that's called the martha mitchell effect oh so if you're like, I'm being followed, I'm, you know, they're trying to get, they're out to get mm -hmm. me, and your doctor's like, okay, you are paranoid, and I'm going to give mm -hmm. you drugs for that. But if they actually are out to get you, and your doctor's just like, mm, that's crazy, I'm going to give you meds for being paranoid. It's the Martha Mitchell effect. Oh. Yeah. That's cool. You want to know my favorite? <laughs> yes. FBI agent Steve King, who fought with drug away and was partially responsible for the hand slashing open yeah, of sure. Martha Mitchell. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's Trump's uh, appointee and confirmed nominee to be ambassador to the Czech Republic. So he lives in Prague right now and represents the United States. No way. Yep. This whole time, all I could think of was like, man, Steve King. That sounds like another terrible name I know. But that's... Yeah, you do, because he was a big Republican in Wisconsin for a long time, and he's a big Paul Ryan like supporter. That's not even the one I'm thinking about. I'm thinking about the one in Iowa who is horrid but but that's crazy <laughs> your last name is king don't name your son steve yeah i was about to say it sounds like we should just avoid steve king for a while that's terrible yeah Man, that's annoying stephen king's kind of all right, right that's stephen king yeah well, that's different name. Mm, he has no, a ph doesn't he yeah that's different yeah yeah it's very different it's not steve mm -hmm. if anybody if, if if i met stephen king he was like call me steve i think my honest response would be no sir I, i'm gonna no no thank thank you sir but i'm gonna call you steven <laughs> why do we pronounce P.H. and Stephen like a V, but we pronounce P.H. and Philip like an F. I don't know. We don't always, because sometimes it's like Stefan, and then it is an F. Yeah. So I don't know. Hmm. Stephen. I think I think maybe it's just hard to say. Stephen? Maybe it's technically... Stephen. Maybe it's technically Stephen, but like that's just a crazy I love thing that to try book to say, so it's Stephen. By Stephen King. Yeah, Stephen King. Maybe that, that feels right, actually. I bet it was like Stephen, and what's then after a while, we're Doug, like, that sounds hard. Doug, what's your favorite Stephen King book? Probably on point like that. Um, I can't think of anything funny to say, but I like the Dark Tower series. Cool. 
there's not funny there. It's just a good. Book. I heard the movie was a really good uh, adaptation of the book. I actually really liked it. A lot of people did not. But oh. I really liked it. I heard the movie was a bad adaptation of the books, but I'm yeah. never gonna fault Idris Elba for something. Yeah, I mean Idris Elba can save anything and make it tasty. So <laughs> it was a tasty movie. <laughs> I have feelings about Idris Elba that are being very apparent in the way I'm, I'm talking. Sorry, yeah. Uh, tasty is not a word I would not apply to Idris Elba. Anyway, David, nice. do you now care about the Margaret Mitchell effect? I care. That's clever. Yeah. That's clever. I like Thank that. You. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I definitely care about that. I definitely assumed it was going to be like one of those, like, if I'm being honest, I assumed it was going to be like, this is a woman who did a cool thing, which was cool. And I had a feeling at the end of this, like, I'm obviously going to care about the cool thing, but, like, we named the thing after her because she was cool. I'm like, I don't, I don't really care about, like, honorific naming things, but it's, like, actually yeah. really related and clever and cool, and I like that a lot. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. I've always thought Tim Duncan is a great name for a basketball player, because he's Duncan. <laughs> Aw. And be like my name being Ralph Buckets. I was really good at basketball. That's my alter ego. Ralph Buckets? Yeah. Ralph Buckets is not good What's at his basketball. face has Uncle Drew, and I have Ralph Buckets. Yeah, Ralph mm. Buckets is not good at basketball. Frederick Hoops. If someone said his name was Ralph Buckets, I'd be like, you can play on the other team, but, you know. Well, you've said that to me so many times. That's not true. I always tell you that you should play on my team, because I'll take care of you. <laughs> what do you mean by that? What? What do you mean by what that? What do you mean by that? Nothing. Like I'll, Gregory, I'll top of the key. You know Tim Duncan plays Dungeons and Dragons? Tim Dungeons. That would be a better name if he did that professionally instead. He has a tattoo of a wizard that he played. That's amazing. Yeah. I have an encyclopedic knowledge of cele- celebrities that play D&D. Vin Diesel. Yeah, he's big into it. I love Vin Diesel. Yeah. In Triple X, he has a tattoo on his chest of a char- the name of a character that he plays. Do you have a D&D tattoo? I don't. Would you get one? Yes. What would it be? I was gonna get a uh, D twenty. Nice. Would you have which numbers would you have facing up? Fourteen mm. is my favorite number. Twenty four is my favorite number. That does not appear on a D twenty, but no, it doesn't. Solid. <laughs> Kobe, that's you. You like Kobe, Doug? How much do you miss Tim Duncan? A lot. He was pretty great. He was wonderful. I also miss the Tim Duncan-O cereal that H E B had when he retired. It was very, very good. Was it actually? It was really. It was Honey Nut Cheerios mixed with like uh like the chocolate dots. Oh, you like the chocolate stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Mariah Carey. Yeah. <laughs> throwback to earlier when we talked about yeah. that. Have you seen the vine? Have you seen the vine of the lawnmower that, like, flies off into the sky as Mariah Carey sings a really, really high note? No. <laughs> You'll have That's to, pretty good. You'll have to show me that one. That's funny. All right. I miss vine. Me too. Me too. Can we just I talk do. about the vines we want instead of David doing... <laughs> you can. It takes longer to describe a vine than it does to watch a vine. Yep, that's how that works. It's like, you know, it's like the one where the... And then it, I'll just show you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all those chickens. I, I like the one. Free Shavaka do. <laughs> is the spinny fairy toy what are those called? <laughs> yep. The uh Beyblade. Sky Dancer? The Sky Dancer. It goes in the chimney. That's the best vine ever. Alyssa likes that one, but only when it has the uh like panic of the disco sounding if you love me, let me go. Oh, as yeah. the as the sky dancer flies into the fire. <laughs> That's Alyssa's tip. If you show her that video without that song, but she will get angry. I laugh at the parents in the background screaming when it hits the fire, and that's not in the panic one. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. 
Those Sky Dancers are, it's amazing they were on the market for as long as they were because those wings would take an eye out, man. You're telling me, dude. Yeah. That's what Thor was messing with. No. Yeah. His sister maybe. did that. That was his sister. Yeah, she's a Sky Dancer. Guys, that's canon. Okay. Yeah. Since when do you care about canon? I'm not doing this today. Not today. Hey, All right. David. Yeah, I'm ready. Tell me about the thing. All right, so here's my statement. The Ford GT won Le Mans. Boring, boring, boring. Yeah. So I seem to have, like, settled on this wheelhouse where, like, my whole desire is to, like, take a thing that you think is insanely boring and just try to get you to think it's not insanely boring anymore. Yeah. And I'm not going to do this every my week. My thing is I take a thing that I know you'd be interested in and describe it in the most boring way possible. Yeah, no. Yeah. I'm you really... might do this every week. You have done this every week up until now. I'm not going to do this every week. Did cars? I do it the first week? I can't believe you're doing cars. I don't even like cars you that much. You did basketball the first week, which is, like, marginally easier. Because I do... Yeah. I don't not saying. care about basketball. Exactly. But, yeah, so that one was more just, like, a thing that I knew I, I cared about and I thought you might be able to find interesting. Oh These last ones have been, yeah. I can't believe you're doing cars. I'm not really doing cars. That is... Here's the thing. I don't really know enough about cars to do cars. In fact... Uh, when I was researching this one, there was a lot of pieces of it that I basically just skipped over because a lot of this story apparently has to do with, like, actual technical advances in, like, the making of the car. And I was just like, I don't think we're going to care. All right, let's, <laughs> let's just, let's just do All this. All right, what do you know about Le Mans? Have you heard of, the, have you heard of the 24 Hours of Le Mans? No. Okay, so the 24 Hours of Le Mans is the world's oldest active sports car race. Ooh! Yeah. Bunch of dudes revving their cars to show they're really manly. Who said it's all dudes? I mean, it, if it if it is not all dudes, it recently became not all dudes. I would I, hashtag I not all dudes. Could not agree more. Um, but so it's been held annually since 1923 in a small town in France, uh, and it is arguably apparently this is a thing. Again, I'm not really capable for this myself. This is arguably one of the most prestigious races in the world. Um, Why well, is it always got to be about race? <laughs> bye. <laughs> it seems to me it's basically like NASCAR on steroids, where essentially the way that Lamont That's what works, NASCAR needs. Yeah, Lamont... <laughs> Emily, it's not always about race. Um, uh, Lamont is basically where these cars, they're racing on a loop. And it's not like it's not like the, the, a straight loop like in NASCAR. It's like an actual like race course. But oh. they race it for 24 consecutive hours. And so... Is it the same driver? It's the same driver. Uh, I think it's the same. Yeah, I think it's the same driver in the car. Okay, you shouldn't be driving in a normal car for 24 straight hours. Yeah. You should much less not be racing. I could not agree more. Cool. It's it's one of those crazy things people do where it's like, it's incredibly impressive. Disagree. And it's incredibly impressive and also why. You know what I mean? I don't, I am not impressed by it. I just think it's dumb. You're not impressed at no, all by, I'm by, not impressed by, by, by the it. ability to do that? No. I couldn't do that. Yes, like you I, could with I'm, enough like I think drugs and. Well, okay. I guess if we were using drugs, I think the assumption is that you're not using like drugs. And stuff. Yeah, let's make an assumption in a racing sport that they're not using drugs. Oh my goodness! You already said they're on steroids. Use being use being hella skeptical. That's because I don't like cars. Yeah. Um, One time you asked me what kind of car mine was, and I couldn't tell you if it was a Civic or a Camry. I don't remember. It's a Camry because it's a, it's a Toyota. I was trying yeah, to remember. Yeah, I know I that like, now. No, I was trying. I wasn't trying to tell you. I was trying to remember I myself. I know that. Stop trying to tell me. You are so surly. I am actively resisting the urge to check my phone while you talk about cars. Not very nice. So, uh, 
the Lamar is interesting because instead of focusing on like a, car, uh, a company's ability to build the fastest cars, because mm-hmm. I was like, this car goes 400 miles an hour, blah, blah, blah. Instead of focusing on that, uh, it focused, the, the, because of the 24-hour continuous race, it focuses on the the space in between making a fast car, mm-hmm. but also like a reliable car, right? Because you could spend $4 million to buy some supercar that could, I don't know, fly to Qatar tomorrow, but it's also like one of those where it's like you can only drive it for 14 minutes at a time and then the tires rip off, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and so this this race is supposed to kind of like encourage... Like it, it's it's supposed to be a showcase for an automaker being able to make not only a fast car, not only like a good car, but like a reliable one that could last for a really long time. Okay. Uh, and so it encourages innovation in producing like reliable and fuel efficient vehicles because mm-hmm. also every time that the car runs out of gas, you've got to stop to refuel. So you're also trying. That's to how that works. That, yeah. So you're also trying to make a car that minimizes that as many stops as possible. Um. So by 1963, Ford, the 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 Ford Motor Company in Detroit, heard of it, had decided that um. There was a lot of prestige and marketing appeal in auto racing because obviously they just made like consumer production cars. Yeah. And so they're like, all right, we need to get into this like this race car thing, see if we can get on board. Uh, and so they decided that since there's no competition that's more prestigious than the 24 Hours of Le Mans, we got to figure out how to get into this. And so their plan was, what we should do is we should acquire a race car manufacturer, mm-hmm. like one that's already successful and show that they're good at it, and then merge it with our latest technologies to make it a Ford car, and then we can go kill it at Le Mans. Uh, and so they set their eyes on Ferrari. So uh, Enzo Ferrari uh, is apparently one of the, not only one of the titans of like making cars, but also just like kind of a big character. Uh, and so he kind of entered this conversation where the only reason why he made cars that he would sell like to regular people is it was sort of just like a means of getting him to a point where he could make race cars. This is apparently a guy who just loved making race cars. And so he was like, I'll make production cars to funnel to fund my to fund me making race cars. That's the only reason I'm doing this. Right. And so Ford was the opposite. So he said, let's just do like let's make a deal. Uh, let's let's do this so that I'll I'll become like the head of I think it's Henry Ford the second at this point because like season three he's like I'll become the head of the two companies Ford will make all the road car stuff you can just focus on your race cars and the, but they'll be under our name and that way we're able to get it on this cachet and work on to this yeah um and so it looked like a deal where both people were on board everybody's having fun we're we're moving forward and so this is like in March this is proposed and. I think it was by May. Yeah, by May, Ferrari, who's just like, it seems like Enzo Ferrari was a guy who's just like, I just want to make cars. Like, I, nothing else is interesting to me. And so, like, apparently all the conversations about, like, the merger and red tape and who's going to have what power just got on his nerves. And so in May, he's just like, never mind. <laughs> and just, like, leaves Detroit. And uh, apparently this infuriated Henry Ford. Yeah. Um. He he turned to Henry Ford. Apparently, turned to like his, the guy who was taking point on this deal, and to, and was told and told him to quote go to Le Mans and beat his butt. But he didn't say butt. <laughs> so that's when Ford now says, "All right, we've got to try and beat Ferrari." Here's the problem: Ferrari was really good at race cars. He was really good at making race cars. They won the Le Mans in '54, '58, and in 1963 they had won it in 1960, 1961, 1962, and 1963. So, like, they are the team to beat. Um, and so this is kind of a story of the little American startup, although at this point it's Ford Motor Company. So it's, like, not it's not a little startup and, like, they didn't do things, but in, yeah. when, it came to, when it came to, like, doing race cars, they're definitely starting from scratch. And so they end up having to, like, go around and hire a bunch of people. 
they end up having to like go around and hire a bunch of people from overseas because they couldn't find the people they needed here. So when Ford tells them, "Hey, you've got to go beat them," basically they're like, "Okay, with with what? How are we supposed to figure this out?" And so they a hire car probably. Okay. And so then they <laughs> they hire this guy from Britain uh, who was involved with Aston Martin, which is another like really awesome car company. And so in his first meeting, he draws this concept of what the car should look like. Wait, this is Aston Martin? What is Aston Martin? They're, are they meeting with a guy from Aston Martin? They're meeting with a guy, yeah, formerly of Aston Martin. Who oh, they're formerly now trying to, of, yeah. They're, well, he used, it's like, it's not like with the Ferrari deal where they're trying to buy Ferrari. This is yeah. like trying to hire a guy to yeah. do it for Ford. Okay, uh, I know Aston Martin and you know how I know Aston Martin? Bond movies. James Bond. There it is, yeah. James Bond. <laughs> I don't think it's pronounced like that. James Bond. <laughs> James Bond. James Bond. James Bond. That sounds like jambon, which is French for ham. <laughs> My name is Bon. Jambon. My name is Jambon. Agent Ham. <laughs> oh, Agent Ham, I see. D'accord. Croissant. <laughs> Croissant. <laughs> Yeah. So apparently, it took uh, it took it took only <laughs> five minutes. And it took like he, he he draws up this concept of a car like this is the car you want the Ford the Ford GT and he draws this concept. He goes to them. It only took five minutes to get them to agree in the meeting with the head up to like agree. Yeah, we should make this car. Apparently, they then spent the next fifty five minutes discussing marketing strategy. So there's like still a debate of like we don't know if Ford's head is in the right space. Right. And so they eventually are able to build this car that's amazing and and like. It, it's really fast, and who cares? But so they had some real problems when it came to stability. So the car that they built, the GT40, could get up to 200 miles an hour. Dope, awesome. That's so fast. Here's the problem: at 170 miles an hour, it started to fly. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's that is the principle behind airplane takeoffs. You know? So it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Which was a problem. They, it's, it's really important for the car to stay on the ground mm-hmm. when it's driving, you know, at Le Mans or, you know, on the Autobahn or on the car, on the street outside. It seems really important for the, all four wheels to be on the ground as much as possible, right? And so the, in its first three competitive races, we, we don't care what the races are, the car didn't finish. Like, it, it, it crashed and wrecked each time. You know, what are you going to do? Uh, and so they bring in this... So that's when they're bringing in, like, the, this Brit and this uh, other guy. And so now they've brought in this guy named... Uh, this American named Carol Shelby. No. American X-Racer. No. That's, that's not a man's name. That's two women's names. Carol Shelby. That's his name. Oh, and you better believe that Carol Shelby was, like, one one of the boys. Good old boy. You Where's know, he like, from that he talks like that? I'm not even sure. I should look that up, actually. Where's Carol Shelby from? But, uh, Carol Shelby is from the ride Country Bear Jamboree. <laughs> Carol Shelby was born in a Cracker Barrel. <laughs> so this guy, um, he's just like apparently a really idiosyncratic guy. Oh my god. I think he's from Dallas. Hang he's on. from Dallas? I think. Yes. Just a second. Yes, that sounds he, he, very at correct. Least he, he, he's not anymore. He de- no, he, well, he, he did, but yeah. No, he was born in Leesburg, Texas. He died in Dallas. I bet it's outside Dallas. I wonder where Leesburg is. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. <laughs> no, you're good. And so uh, he was just like a real character. Like one time he uh, interviewed a new secretary and asked her, how'd you like to work in a snake pit for a real snake? Which uh, I don't even know what that means. Uh, I don't even know. I don't know if he was trying to be gross. I don't know if he was just trying to say he's a crazy Texan. Like, I, I don't even know what he's trying. I don't even know what that means. But he's this kind of person. Did she take the job after that description? I don't know. All I have is the anecdote. Um, so we'll find out. Uh, and apparently also he would just, so there are drivers who 
like would really care about what the setup was of the chassis of the car and blah 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 blah. And apparently he would just frequently dismiss them as fiddle fuddlers, which I'm like. <laughs> If you're in the business of getting high-end performance out of your car, and they're like, you know, we've got a shame, and you just go, ah, oh, you're a fiddle fuddler. I'm like, I don't understand how you're supposed to be good at this. It's like, okay, well, your car's going to fly yeah. if we don't fiddle fuddle yeah. with it. It's like, maybe this is why the car is taking off at 100, you know? Uh, oh, so, geez. But so this leads to, actually, great times. Um, the union between the really, like, technical... Um, expertise of these uh, of this Brit from Aston Martin and these other Europeans melded with this frankly semi-lunatic dude in Carol Shelby uh, ended up like kind of being the perfect mix uh, and so at Daytona in 1965 the Mark II GT40 scored its first win um, and so then that's starting to go on the upswing but then the rest of the year was a disaster uh, at Le Mans they entered five GT40s into the race. All five crashed and did not finish the race, which is just not great. And to make it worse, Ferrari, the whole team, the whole reason we're doing this, Ferrari won their ninth win at Le Mans. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. and so it's just like, you know, really, really twisting the knife. So that's 1965. 1966, good times. That's when things finally, finally reach a culmination. Um... Uh, the this is a bunch of stuff about the engine. I'm just gonna skip it. So here's the this yeah. is the other problem when I was trying to research this question because I was like, this is actually like a semi interesting story. But all of the stories that are written about this were written by car heads, so I can't tell you how much of these articles were all like. And then what you don't understand is that they were able to switch from the V8 to a V10, and they used the last two on straight six instead of the full piston, so that allowed them to push up the torque up from um, 300 brake horsepower up to 479 brake horsepower i'm making this up but i'm like not making this up you know what i mean i think i do unfortunately yeah and so it's just like i was like we're just gonna skip all of that that's not really helpful right now yeah (laughs) just know they made the car better oh (laughs) cool like and so like we don't care about the seven liter v8 and the brake horsepower but so um they win at daytona again in 966 this time they win one two and three all the first three positions so they're really starting to make some moves and so then comes Le Mans. At Le Mans this year, Ford felt like this was the year. So they assembled a full army of personnel. 100 people, nine cars to race, including one spare, seven spare engines, and 21 tons of spare parts. Jeez. All moved around in a giant truck that was too big to fit on French streets. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> Which, they don't do it like we do. Yeah, and so um, Henry Ford II was also there, and he's finally like hoping that this will be the time when like his investment pays off. Yeah. And apparently he handed Leo Beeb, or Bebe, who was the head of, the <laughs> Fr- head of Ford's racing program. Honestly... Everything that it sounds like these dudes did in 1906 was them like feeling like they were in a movie, right? But so apparently he he shows up at Le Mans and hands the head of racing a business card that just says, "You better win." I'm like, "Well, you could you could you should have just told him that." <laughs> so so here's what happens. He calls his secretary and he, he's like, "I need a business card." And she's like, "Okay, uh is this what you were talking about when you said the snake pit?" <laughs> Different and, guy, but yeah. No. Oh yeah, I guess it's a different guy. But he calls up his secretary and he's like, "Hey, I need the I need this business card that says you better win." And she's like, "Okay, they only uh, come in quantities of five hundred. And he's like, "Get me five hundred! I need this one." And she's like, "It's a thousand dollars." He's like, "Make it two thousand. It's just like. Like, these, like, honestly, so, so you can tell he was just like, this is going to be an amazing moment. I'm going to push them over the top. They're going to need a little bit of extra motivation. I'm going to show up. I'm going to hand them a business card that just says, you better win. 
But apparently, he also hands them out to his son's soccer team on Saturdays. <laughs> Like, we ask you to bring orange slices. You are a billionaire. I tape them to the back of the Capri Sun. <laughs> Dad! Look, it's simple. It's simple. Read the card. Um, but apparently the guy also then kept the card in his wallet for the rest of his life. So yeah. you, you never know well, what's going to matter to a person, yeah. I guess. Yeah. But so then uh, at, at Le Mans, Ford fin- Ford's GTs finish one, two, and three. That's great. They finally pull off the win. Beat uh, Ferrari? So here's the thing. They beat Ferrari, yes. However, Uh-oh. it rained overnight, and apparently something about that, the Ferraris weren't ready. So all of the Ferraris got eliminated from the race, like, overnight. Like, they, oh, wow. like they, they spun out and died. Which, I mean, fair is fair, right? In the past years, it was Ford's cars that had spun out and not finished the race. And yeah. In this case, it's Ferrari's cars that don't finish the race. Yeah, but like, that's part of it. Yeah, that's part of it. But at the same time, like, Probably would have felt a lot better to be able to just be like, yeah, see kinda... the guys driving behind you, right? Yeah. Uh, and so... Um... This is making me want to watch Speed Racer. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Should watch Speed Racer. Is that is that the one that just came out like a year or two last year? Which one's the racing movie that came out like last year with an actor that I've heard of? Uh, Rush is a Ron Howard directed movie starring it. Chris Hemsworth that's as it. a Rush. Formula One driver. It's Rush. That's yes. the one I'm thinking about. Uh, Speed Racer is a ridiculous, delightful cartoonish live action movie that came out 10 years ago I think I'm not I think sure. this year this week was its 10 year anniversary and it is an absurd movie that I think Caleb would probably love I've seen The Ballad of Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights baby <laughs> yeah. you have seen one Jim Carrey movie <laughs> Wait, he's in it No how many oh. <laughs> this is just Oh my God, I don't How many that. Will Ferrell movies have you seen? A number. I have seen. I have seen a number of Will Ferrell okay. movies. We that... found the one niche that you're like in. Not a. I still don't think I've seen a lot. I've just seen. Let me actually. I'm gonna just say the last thing about the <laughs> Ford GT. I'm sorry that I undercut the like. No, I'm gonna say the last thing about the Ford GT, and then I will answer the thing about. So, um, the last thing I wanted to say was apparently. Again, all of these characters and divas. I swear every single person in this story is just a diva. Apparently the three racers end up getting to a bit of a kerfuffle because they since they all had like a big lead since Ferrari lost. The three Ford racers? Yeah, the three Ford racers, like the actual race car drivers got into a bit of a kerfuffle because since the Ferraris had all lost in the night, it was basically just like them having a huge lead. And so it was like, all right, well, you guys can just coast and do like a photo finish and like go to the same time. But apparently like two of the drivers had started behind the other driver to begin. And so they Mm. technically finished in less time. And so the guy who finished first... Uh, apparently this is a really amazing race ride, so he was mad that his, like, win got taken away or something. And I'm like, honestly, all of y'all, everybody in the story is a diva. Uh, but the Ford didn't care. Yeah. <laughs> he tried to complain. They were like, look, we came here to do one thing, and that was to rub this in Ferrari's face, and we have done that, and so we win. And so, actually, the Ford GT would win Le Mans the next four years as well. So they won nice. 67, 68, and 69. Uh, and actually, 65 is also the last time, I think, Ferrari won the race. So, in a way, they actually, like, killed that whole thing yeah um yeah yeah. which and and part of it is because they started making these really good cars compete part of it is because again going back to enzo ferrari being a character and just like apparently in like late 1960s early 1970s he decided don't want to do this anymore i don't like formula one so he just like quit like he took all ferraris like out of this type this type of race and and went strictly just doing like production cars at formula one so yeah yeah. There you go. So yeah. Uh, Doug found a fact that contradicts an assumption I made. Yeah. So apparently, as of 2016, 59 women have raced in Le Mans. 
Um, with 129 entries, and the first two women raced in 1930. 1930. Europe's better than us sometimes. The race, the race started only... in 1923, that's right. so that's pretty early. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's what I got. Ford, Le Mans, they actually beat Ferrari. It all started kind of out of spite. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, who doesn't like when someone wins something out of a little bit of spite? Who hasn't been there before? Not me. I'm very pure of heart. Mm -hmm, for and sure. And I'm not at all competitive. <laughs> Never. Yeah. So I ask you, do you care that Ford won at Lamar? I care more than I thought I would. Yes! That's all I want. <laughs> I, I only care about the people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You'll notice I omitted virtually every... You don't even know what the car looks like. <laughs> I don't care. I, I, no, I didn't even try to show you. Four wheels and sometimes it lifts off the ground. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, for fun. I'll show you what the car looks like. Ooh, Wow. That's amazing. That's not at all what I thought it would look like. He hasn't done it yet, listener. Thanks, Doug. Narc. You've been the one being uncooperative. So, actually, so I will say, so this is the GT40, the car that they've raced, which, frankly, I think just looks like an old Ferrari. That is, um, that's the Ferrari one? No, this is the GT. Oh, that's the Ford one? Yeah, this is the Ford one. Um, hmm. But why I actually think it is a little interesting is that, so the, D, the GT40 is apparently, among, like, car heads, one of those, like, holy grail cars you know uh -huh. that they like really care about and but it went away for a long time and they recently brought back the ford gt and it's now much more like modern and updated and stylized but it still does a pretty good job of looking like the way it originally looked so i don't know i always think it's pretty cool when you're able to take a thing that is like both very classic and very beloved which means mm -hmm. it's really hard to mess with it too much and manage to update it so it looks more modern and stylish but still look like the original thing so yeah Yep, that's all I got. I like the Ocean's Eleven movies. Yes. Do you know that the Ocean's Eleven movies are remakes? No. Frank Sinatra was in the original Ocean's. <laughs> mm, I did. I did yeah, know this. Yeah, he was the no, original no, 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 Danny. No, no. I knew that. I knew that. Didn't see him, but I knew that. <laughs> I, I mean, I think there's only 11. I don't think it's like sequels Okay. back in the day. You got I it. That. I did. Yeah. I got there. Now I'm going to tell you. How um, many Will Ferrell movies you've yes. seen? <laughs> yes. Let's see. Let's pull up his IMDb. Fine, dude. I don't you watch may, movies. You may have seen more Will Ferrell movies than me. It's possible. I think he's more in my little house than yours for sure. I yeah. He's done so many movies. That's uh -huh. too many. Uh, I don't even know why I went back this far. There's yeah. no way I'm gonna have seen any. Well, of he's those. he wasn't like big in those. I he's in a movie about Richard Nixon. Anchorman, of course. Anchorman. That's a Paul Rudd movie. I don't think I saw. That's fine. I don't think I saw Wedding Crashers. I didn't either. I don't have any desire. Talladega Nights. Wow. Oh, I didn't see wow. I didn't see Semi Pro, but I meant to. Didn't see Step Brothers because I didn't want to. The okay. producers is extremely good. The producers is extreme. I watched uh, I watched a number from that this week. Okay, so I also haven't seen that many Will Ferrell movies. Never Have mind. you seen Stranger Than Fiction? No. It's a nice one. Yeah. No, I'm... you haven't because Emma Thompson's in it. We talked about this last. The week. Lego Movie. Yeah, I guess. We'll count that. That's much more of a Chris Pratt movie than it is a Will Ferrell. Well, actually, Will Ferrell is the only one who's physically in it. Mm-hmm. So I guess you're right. Aren't I, though? Isn't there a kid? Yeah. It's also physically in it? Yeah. But I don't know that I don't know that kid's name. So I think what's actually true is that I've seen a lot of Will Ferrell clips because I've seen like I've seen clips of mo mo clips of Will Ferrell from movies that he's in that I haven't seen the movie. But I also I have also seen him in a whole lot of internet like skits, which makes me feel like I've seen a lot of Will Ferrell stuff that I haven't seen. You've seen um, 
Elf, right? I don't know if I've ever seen it all at once, at one time. I, it's another one of those movies that comes on TV and I watch it for five minutes at a time and then I leave. So I don't I don't know if I've ever like sat down and watched it. I'm pretty sure I haven't sat down and watched that one, though. You've probably seen it all in pieces. It's very much, it's yeah. like a series of vignettes. I think so, yeah. It's one of those tragically underusing Peter Dinklage movies. Yeah. <laughs> Man, he was so good in Infinity War. You thought so? Yeah. I thought he was... I like him. I, I really liked it. it. I thought he melted it a little bit. But I like I like I liked it. Oh, I, I think they were very it. much like remember this guy you already like from Game of Thrones? Import that knowledge into this role. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like they melted it. But it was like fun for him to do it. I thought that was great. Yeah. And the way he, he the way that, they that was yeah. Pretty, yeah, that was, was pretty fun. funny. So yeah, that was fun. Well, good job, David. I don't know if you mean that or not. But I will take it. <laughs> I mean it. Okay. Yeah, nice. I always mean it. We did it. We did. Episode we did four. It. Episode a new hope in the can no Uh, it sounded better when you said it yeah when doug said i was like okay but i think i don't think it's like a doug versus you thing i think it's just a repeating thing i don't think that was i don't think that was this is just a repeating thing yeah i I think it was the repeating thing i don't think it was 33.3 uh repeating of course everybody everybody's seen that video right (laughs) i haven't but i did you've never seen that video i don't know what we're talking oh you get to do this is this fun Oh, you've got to watch that video. I probably don't care. I We're not going to do... We'll do this after the show. This is almost like a thing that I feel like you should have to do, like, while being recorded, but it's fine. Oh, I'll it's make so a reaction good. video. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, um, jinx. Uh, jinx yourself. That's not how Jinx works. I don't remember how Jinx works. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Means you're not allowed to talk since she says your name. Gonna make for good podcast. I thought I just had to like knock on wood or something. Talked. Yeah, I just talked, so I don't. There's think also it. the owe me a Coke rules. You would, but you then you'd be like, you'd be like, actually, you owe me a Dr Pepper. What's wrong with Dr Pepper? <laughs> Nothing wrong with Dr Pepper. It's just, uh, I think last week we said something about Coke, and then she was like, actually, it's Dr Pepper, and I was like, okay, that's fine. So Emily, now that we've made it all the way through law school, just barely. How do you feel? I it hasn't set in yet. I don't have anything yet. I'm just kind of, I just slid a paper under a door that I didn't think I did a great job on the paper, but it was 10 pages and I was like, cool, finished. Yeah, okay. Just slid it under the door. I don't, I don't feel like it's, we might still have clinic stuff forthcoming. I don't know oh, if Ranjan is going to email us back or not. I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> well, tomorrow's her deadline, so. We'll find out, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't really sunk in yet, but what about you? Uh, Pretty much the exact same. Yeah. Nothing's really sung in yet. I can't tell if it's because like it's been like law school mode for so long that I'm stuck in law school mode, or it's equally possible that it's just like nothing will ever feel over until after the bar. And so that's just how yeah. it is. I think graduation uh, we'll it'll feel more over than it does now. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Especially if the dean hands me my sunflower. <laughs> like, that actually is such a traumatizing thought. Yeah. I can't believe we even like allowed that to enter the yeah. inner I'm sorry that space. I did that. Yeah, no, you should apologize. Well, you already already. did. Yeah, you just did. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) David, what is a thing that you care about coming up this summer besides the bar? Uh, Besides the bar. I'm strongly considering going back to Vegas for NBA Summer League. Cool. Um, Yeah, you and Ian went last year, right? Yeah. I don't know if that counts as like a thing that I'm caring about already because I haven't decided to go yet. I probably no, should I mean, go. it'll be happening yeah. this summer either like way. The, yeah, it's like the first. But I, I will only care about it if I go. Okay. Like, it's not the kind of thing that I'm, I'm not enough into it where I'm going to kick. Because Summer League is like, 
you get prospects in and it's their first opportunity to like play, but like the, it doesn't mean anything. You know what I mean? It, it's sure. only it's only enjoyable in the sense like when you go, you can be like for for forty bucks a day, you can watch like NBA caliber players from the first row. Like that's just amazing. That's it's pretty just, cool. It's just an awesome thing yeah. to be able to do. But um, if I go, that would be something I really care about. So figuring out whether I want to do that or not, that'd be yeah. a good way to. Doug, what? what's something you care about this summer other than the bar? Um, probably gonna get a chance to play like Dungeons and Dragons. That'll be Ooh. good. I haven't done that since before law school. Give us your three favorite celebrities who play Dungeons and Dragons. Um, <coughs> off the top of my head, it'd be uh, Stephen Colbert, Tim Duncan, and Vin Diesel. All right. You just named three people who I absolutely would have assumed played Dungeons and Dragons. You just <laughs> assumed Vin plays Dungeons and Dragons? Yeah. He seems like he seems like a closet guy like that way. Yeah. I mean, he seems like he has hobbies that are not reflected by his action roles. Yeah. I'd I, love to see Vin in a like Jason Statham in spy style. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know that he can handle it, though. Uh, I hope he could, because I think he'd be great in if he could handle it. The two roles I like him the most in, and granted, I have not yet made it around to Fast and Furious movies, but are Groot and the Iron Giant, both of whom say very, very, very little. Yeah. I think the fact that you like the first Die Hard as much as you do means that you would probably also enjoy the Fast and Furious movies, but, but I'm not sure. the first Die Hard is objectively good, and I haven't made it around to the Die Hards that are just, like, stuff exploding. Like one of oh, the you best haven't things. Seen, uh, oh, what's Mm-mm. that one? Uh, die, die another, die, whatever. The, die what, another uh, hard. No, there's <laughs> the one. Die harder another hard day. There's, the, <laughs> there's the one in Russia. It's two die too hard. I don't think to that, I don't be think, forgotten. <laughs> I don't think that's what it's called. Whichever one's the one in Russia, the one where it's like his son or something. I saw that one. And that uh, one was, that it's one was a good day to explosive. die hard. Oh, that might have been it. I don't know. Live free or die hard. That was the Durr. newer one. <laughs> uh-huh. Wasn't that one? The, the most recent one is A Good Day to Die Hard. Is yeah. Really? Yeah. That's gross. The, they've given <laughs> up. Gross. It's dumb. Uh, and the first one is, like, genuinely, narratively perfect. Like, it'll set something up, and it'll set something up, and set something up, and then at the end, it just knocks the dominoes down. Like, it's just, it's so mm-hmm. perfect. And Alan Rickman is, like, a genuinely great villain. Yeah. And John McClane is just a guy. And, like, he is a little bit of a superhero, but he's not, like, Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, where you're like, a real person could never do that. It's, like, John McClane. a little close, He's the very edge of what you expect a normal New York cop could do. The very edge. The very edge. And then they just, like, tumble over the edge and all the other ones. Okay, yeah, I was like, then they immediately leave it behind, but. Although I will say I'm glad the sequels exist because one of the taglines is yippee-ki-yay, Mother Russia. And I yep. think that's a very good tagline. No, it's very good. Yeah. It's very good. I I think I think a Fast and Furious movie might be fun. I think I, I, I would love the Fast yeah. and Furious movies, especially once they get The Rock in there. Yeah, I don't I think anybody's going to call them good. But. Uh, I have a, a delightful friend named Erin Tombaugh who <clears throat> loves the Fast and Furious movies, and she is not... She's like... A very like Harry Potter Oscar movies girl, but she also is obsessed with the Fast and Furious movies, and I think she could make a really good case for why they are good. Yeah, I do not know if Erin Tombaugh listens to this, but if she does, I love you and respect you so much. Your description of her in this particular area exactly matches Caleb. 
Yeah. Um, and he has also done the same thing. And we have watched, I think now, two... I think two of them. Maybe three of them. Um, and I'm not yet convinced that they are at all good. But yeah. they are very fun. You haven't so. gotten to the rock yet. No, that's true. Yeah. I never. I but never that, that I don't think either. that I don't think that would have this. I don't think that would play the same like level of determinative, like outcome as it would with you. Yeah. Tokyo Drift is good. I've heard Tokyo Drift is the one that is not good. Yeah, I well, thought Tokyo Drift was. No, it's yeah. really good. It's not. It doesn't really belong in the franchise. Yeah. It's right. Like all by itself, but it's a very fun movie. I yeah. saw the second one, which didn't. Well, like the end of the second one on TV, which didn't have Vin Diesel in it, and I was super confused. Yeah, that's the first one with Tyrese, right? I think so. Where the whole movie, he's just like, "Yeah, hey man, go do mine, get my money." He's like Tyrese, you gotta relax, bro. <laughs> Why are you so mad all the time? <laughs> oh man, it was great. Well, how about you? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I didn't know if anybody was ever gonna ask me. I was. I I don't like to break the con. Like as long as people are talking, I want to keep talking. So then at some point, it's like I wait. It's like okay, let's switch it. When you said well, I thought I was like, oh, he's gonna say it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is gr- when you. Sorry. Well, Emily, thanks for was... uh, thanks for guest starring on this on on Doug and Doug and I's podcast. <laughs> What's great is the other night, uh, we were trying to t- like decide who we were going to have come in on the show because we wanted Doug. We didn't know if he would be available. And ISMD wasn't available anytime before like 1 p.m. So. Yeah. I and like to sleep. Mm-hmm. As we were talking about the podcast, David, you just said, I know what I'm talking about. And I didn't connect that you meant like, I know what I'm talking about on the show. Oh. <laughs> you thought I was like... I thought you were just like, we were like, we should get Diego or Doug. And you were like, I know what I'm talking about. I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you, you do, buddy. Yeah, it took me like half an hour to figure out what you... Oh, that's really yeah. funny. Yeah, that's why I didn't text you back that time. That's rough. Uh, what am I excited for this summer? Yeah. Going to South Padre, that'll be fun. Mm, mm. Um, but also like uh, Ocean's 8. When did it come out? June 8th. Excited. Yeah. Yeah. And they just had the actual Met Gala, so now I'm excited about, like, getting another fake Met Gala you with a bunch of that. the same people. Yeah, I think it I is great. I didn't know great. you cared about that as much as you do. I usually live tweet it if I'm home. I I, I believe yeah. that. Yeah. Um, I, I less meant, you've never displayed caring about it before. I'm yeah. always saying either... I have missed you in the past caring about it, or uh-huh, I'd forgotten. I missed you too, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so. It's great. It's a costume yeah. ball. Mm-hmm. Except some people don't come in costume. And that's bad. Jonah Hill should have been turned away at the door for wearing a plain black tux. See, this is what you should have been trying to make me care about, because I don't think you could do it. <laughs> that's a pretty good reason why I wouldn't. I you Come on. Did you see, like, Chadwick Boseman's outfit? I or... did. I did. I'm trying to like. I no, I saw. There I, were I so actually, many. Yeah. Andrew Garfield looked really good. Donald Glover always looks good. I yeah. think Colbert looked pretty good. Colbert looked good. The only picture I saw of him was with Jimmy Fallon, and I was like, meh, pass. There's a good picture of him with his wife Evelyn. Good. Yeah. Yeah, and Colbert is actually Catholic, so he <laughs> didn't even have to dress to theme. <laughs> he just, <laughs> he just show up. He's just a theme. Yeah. Yeah. But he did. He had that beautiful uh, jacket on, but he was wearing a cross around his neck as well. Yeah, he looked good. Yeah. There was Nick Jonas rode the subway mm. to the Met Gala, and uh. I was like, ugh. 
Like it was such a listen. I yeah. We've I've talked about Nick Jonas on the show before. You, you can pretty much extrapolate how fifteen year old Emily felt. But now I'm like people are like he's so down to earth. I'm like no, he's not. He just rode the subway when he could have ridden in a car because he wanted everybody to say he's down to earth. And there you've done it. You've fallen right into his hand. Yeah. Yeah. I think those things are always hard to tell, right? Like. No, I think I know everything about every celebrity. Oh. I think I'm, I've got not, the whole story. I'm not as caught up on you, I admit. So I'll, I'll defer to you on these things. I, will <laughs> I definitely don't. I, I do think, for me personally, when it comes to costume parties, mm-hmm. and maybe I should treat the Met as an exception. Um, I'm not there yet. But when it comes to costume parties, my general opinion is, if a person would, if a person would, you know, get satisfaction out of and have fun, like, taking part in it, then they should. And I endorse them doing that. But if a person is like, not down for costumes or not into costumes, there will be no vilifying by me of them not doing so. Unless that person were to, you know, come to the event not wearing a costume and then try to, like, make fun of other people for caring about the costume, I'd be like, you're at a costume party. What did you think was going to happen? But I'm also not like a, did you really think it was going to be okay for you to show up here at this costume party not wearing a costume? I'm like, no, I mean, not everybody likes costumes. Like, you know, not everybody has to be on board. That's where I am on the Met at the moment, I think, but... I think it's a contract between you and the Met, and you accept the terms of the contract, which are dressing in a costume to the theme. Does the invitation say you must dress in a costume to attend? No, but if you mm. asked Anna Wintour, if you emailed her, and you... Do you know who that is? Yeah. 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 person who's, like, in charge of Yeah. Devil the, Wears the Prada party. is based on her. Yeah. Uh, if you asked her, hey, do I have to wear a costume? She would say yes. She was on Colbert last night. Mm. How is she? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, she's a, she scares me. I imagine she's very much like the Devil Wears Prada. Yeah, except without the, the underlying warmth of knowing it's Meryl Streep. <laughs> you know what I'm looking forward to this summer? Finding out whether or not they killed Meryl Streep's character in Mamma Mia 2. Oh, that's Ooh. gonna be big. The trailer makes it look. They are all she talking did? about her in the past tense, and she I'm sure did? they couldn't get Meryl. But the, she's on the poster. Like, it's a poster of everybody in the movie, and there's a picture of Meryl on it I mean, that I think is from the last movie's photo shoot. She is the title character. She is the mama. Yeah. But it would make sense. It feels like the next step would be, like, you know, what do we do beyond mama? Like, that doesn't seem like where you would go next with it, no? Yeah. Beyond mama. Beyond beyond mama. Oh, also, yeah. they used all of the ABBA songs in the first movie. There mama, are, like, yeah. two left that they didn't use. I don't know what they're going to do in this one. Maybe they're Maybe just going to put out some new stuff. It's got to be a musical. <laughs> Get out of here. ABBA is, like, reuniting and putting out new stuff, but I'm, not in time for the movie. I mean, maybe they got an advanced copy. Certainly not in time for them to be, like, beloved hits. I'm just saying, of- man. Everything that was popular in the 80s is apparently popular again. Cher is so. going to play Meryl Streep's mother in this movie. Cher is no three years older than yeah, Meryl. Yeah, get out of here. Three. No, and thats I don't even think that's Hollywood sexism. I think that's just stupid casting. Yeah, that's poorly done. Mm. There, are people who lo- there are people who could conceivably get away with like, yeah, that could be Meryl Streep's mom, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, Kath, uh, is it? I think Kathy Bates plays Tommy Lee Jones's mom in something, mm-hmm. and she's, like, seven years older than him. But if you make him under and you make her over, you know, like, if you, you can exacerbate the age difference with makeup, and I'm like, fine, I'll buy this for now. Let Betty White do it. Amy Poehler's seven years older than Rachel McAdams, and she played her mom in Mean Girls, and that works. But that works. Yeah. Yeah, because it's the way Amy Poehler looks. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's like a young, kind of like purposefully hot mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What movie? Mean Girls. 
You yeah. have seen Mean Girls. Yeah, it's just for a split second, I was I was replaying like the sentence, and I was like, I'm I, it didn't like stick, and I couldn't like picture it. But I've seen Mean Girls. I remember the mom. Yes, I'm I'm here. Yeah. I'm with you all the way. If you're gonna drink, I'd rather you do it inside the house. Yes, I've seen it. Yes, absolutely. Amy Poehler's great. She's fantastic. All right. Well, that's been us this week. Thank you, Doug, for joining us. You're very welcome. I was glad to be here. Yeah. How you feeling? I like your shirt. Oh, thanks. Yeah, it looks nice. Yeah, it's purple. It's a good color. Yeah, yeah solid. I like it a lot. Feeling all right. Makes your eyes look pretty. Thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And now I'm like mesmerized. Yep. I'm a magic person with magic <sighs> eyes. You're not not a magic person with magic eyes. I was talking about somebody's eyes this week and I forgot what I was talking about because of how pretty the eyes I was thinking about in my head were. Alyssa, if you remember who that was, text me and tell me. I feel like you could just text her and ask her the question. You could, but... Eh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well... That's us. That's us, y'all. This was fun. Um, well, we had fun. Yeah. Did you have fun, Doug? Yeah, it was great. Turn fun. turn up. Let's go. Fun, Doug. Right. And until next time... Book!